passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Good good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Sutton here, and I'm taking over the intro to this show. Um, this is going to be the best damn hour you spend with Miami Dolphins football tonight. We're going to talk about the first preseason game. We're going to get to the injury bug that I plan on squashing beneath my boots, and we'll talk many other things. 
And if you're lucky, you might just win a $50 gift card from Wendy's tonight, and we'll explain more. I'd like to see if my co-hosts have been able to join me in the Blog Talk Radio studio. And it appears that they have not. So I shall continue. And let's go ahead and start right away with the injuries. Matt, did I hear you try to chime in there? No, it appears we're still having some technical difficulties with everything. So I'm going to launch right into it. Oh, hey, I got somebody. Hey, son, it's uh, Piero. I'm just calling in. Hey, yeah, go ahead. Um, Obviously, we're having having, technical uh, trouble, but I'll fill in. I'm more than glad. Yes, please. Please join me. So continue on. Uh, You can continue with the show. Okay, so uh, there's obviously some injury news to report from uh, the the most recent couple of days. Uh, I'll start with Raekwon McMillan and his very first snap as a NFL player. Unfortunately, tears his ACL. Breaks my heart because not only am I a Buckeye fan, I am a diehard Dolphins fan, so it's a double whammy there for me. On top of that, a thin position for the Miami Dolphins. To see him go down was devastating, to say the least, because we have dealt with the injury bug like no other NFL team has up to this point. Um, my caller that's on the, on the line with me, do you have any thoughts about the Raekwon McMillan injury? Oh, initially it was the most terrible thing that I could have heard happen to our starting middle linebacker on a special teams play of all plays. It's unfortunate that he got hurt in the way he did, but I see him coming back strong like Cameron Wake did after his Achilles injury. And that's and what it appears that, Yeah, and it appears that he's entering in with that attitude uh, that he's going to come back stronger than ever, that nothing's going to hold him down. Um, and – I guess the silver lining here is that middle linebacker was the one position in the linebacker group where we did have some depth. However, uh, it looked like Raekwon earned that position, and he was going to be a key component of this linebacker group. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait an entire calendar year before we can see that fruition. But we're going to see the likes of Mike Hall and Neville Hewitt and possibly even um, Cleon Lang coming in there as possibly a weak side linebacker. Uh, The coaches have preached playing linebackers in more situational football and being able to move guys around as plays and situations dictate it. And I don't think that's going to change that much. And I think having the versatility of Kiko, who could – play middle and weak side linebacker and having Timmons who probably fits better as as strong side, but also as a Mike. Um, It looks like they're going to occupy the lion's share of the linebacker snaps. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Dolphins fill that void. And it might be a game to game sort of thing. It might be Mike Hall comes in and plays Mike against a more run oriented team. And you might see Neville Hewitt come in if we're playing the Patriots in a dink and dunk, sort of thing. So 
it's going to be interesting to see how this linebacker rotation plays out based on Raekwon's injury, but it's huge um, for us to acknowledge this is a young man who's going to be 21 when next season starts, so this is still a young man with a lot to offer. And so I think it's, it's easy to, to feel like the sky is falling, but I think we can overcome this one. Absolutely. And this is uh, MC Money on the line here. There he is. Uh, how are you doing? How are you doing, son? Thank you for opening the show. Uh, for those listening, I we, tried, we, man. I, I, I may have scared everyone away, but uh, I, okay. I tried my hopefully, best. <laughs> hopefully, our 10 listeners did not leave. Okay, so you got the opening, right? I just want to recap yeah. here because uh, Chrome, what we use, I use Chrome at home and it was not connecting, so I jumped on Firefox and pulled it in there. So, so, and I just want to recap, Fight Song came on, you opened up the show, correct? Did you do a nice little intro for us? You know what? I kind of skipped the foreplay, and I just said, you know, we're, we're getting into the first preseason game. We'll talk about the right. Raekwon injury. We'll talk about the Lippet injury, and we'll also, we'll see if we give away this $50 gift card tonight. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, and I know, I know I put someone on hold, and I think he just hung up, so I'm sorry for that. Who was that, who was that they called in? No, he, he started the show with me somehow, so oh, um, okay. I, I, I kind of I threw the Raekwon injury to him, and he chimed in, um, made so, some good points, and then I kind of took it back. And so we've kind of covered the Raekwon injury and really nothing else up to this point. Okay, so we're a hot mess right now. We need to bring it all back in. Um, Yep. All right. So, so this is me. I'm Matt. I am on the show. This is really me. It's truly me. I'm not skipping out tonight. There is a ton <laughs> of news to discuss. We are awaiting Houts to come back and make his uh, reappearance on the show. He is also experiencing technical difficulties trying to log on. It's something with Blog Talk Radio tonight. Um, sometimes this happens to us. It's happened to us before in the past where we try to connecting on. You know, we, we're only allowed to connect into the show 15 minutes beforehand. When we try to connect, we usually all log in about 10 minutes or so before the show to kind of get our previews ready and get on the same page with everything again after we've been texting each other throughout most of the day. And sometimes this kind of stuff just happens. So we're glad Sutton was able to open the show. We're going to bring everything back in now. We're going to, you know, kind of start from the very beginning. And you mentioned Raekwon McMillan, and I was able to hear the audio, but you couldn't hear me. So, so McMillan, yes. That is an injury. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about Mike Hole. We're going to talk about Tony Lippett, who unfortunately is out for the season now. We're going to talk about JHI and the concussion protocol. We're going to talk about Ted Larson and his injury. We're going to talk about Ryan Tannehill just a tiny bit because we devoted a whole show to it last week. We're going to talk about Kenyon Drake and now in the concussion protocol. It is a mass unit for the Miami Dolphins right now. Any way you turn, everywhere you look, it seems to be an injury. And I take full responsibility for this because on the show two weeks ago, I said the Dolphins have not experienced any major injuries, and that's the goal of training camp. And I knocked on wood. I guess the wood I knocked on wasn't good enough. It was from Staples, my desk. I paid about 110 dollars <laughs> for it. It was on sale originally 200 It's probably not even real wood. So to all the Dolphins fans out there and to the Miami Dolphins organization, I'm sorry. It is completely my fault. And – I have learned my lesson. This will never happen again. All right. So, yeah. So that, that's the injury front of things. We're also giving away a $50 gift card tonight here on a Finsider radio. 
as part of the Frosty Sphinx promotion between the Miami Dolphins and Wendy's. And here's how it's going to work. You need to come up with the best original fantasy football team name. Not one that's on the internet because we will look, we will check to see if it's already out there. You can either call into the show, okay? You can call it 347-326-9461. For the callers tonight, we're not going to be taking any, you know, questions from you in terms of the of football side of things because we know our phone lines might get jammed up tonight. So we're just going to take callers who are doing the fantasy football contest. And if you have a question for us, um, if you could just put that on Twitter, hashtag Finsider Radio, or put it in our live thread, we'll try to answer the questions there. But if you're calling in, only do it for the fantasy football team name contest. You can also put your team name in the live thread. And on Twitter, please use hashtag Finsider Radio so we can see it. The contest closed at 10.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. At the end of the show, we will come back. We will, as we go on throughout the show, we'll call out the team names. We'll make a, our own internal list. At the end of the show, we'll pick a team name, and we will send you your $50 gift card in the mail this week. Okay, so if you want to call to submit your team name, do so now. If you want to tweet it, start doing so now. If you want to put it in the live thread, start doing so now. You have until 10.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And with that, we do have a caller on the line, area code 561. I'm not sure if you just heard what I was saying, but I hope this is for the fantasy football team contest. Is it? Hello, five six one seven two two. All right, uh, we are going to hang up on him because we are not getting a connection there, Sutton. You could still hear me, correct? Yes, I can. All right, so we're just going to hang up on that caller. If they have something important for the fantasy football team, they make him call back. But, Sutton, you talked about Ray Ponick Millen, right? Mike Hull is the next man up, and the Dolphins are saying to Mike Hull, this is your job to lose. 100% so. He's going to get his shot against the Ravens on Thursday evening. Nadamik and Sue has said great things about Hull. Kiko Alonso has said great things about Hull. Lawrence Timmons has been impressed by Mike Hull, okay? And Lawrence and Kiko have both said to the media that not one coach has approached either of them about moving back in the middle. Now, that's what they say to the media. I don't know if that's true or not. But it is telling in the fact that, yes, this is Hole's job to lose. Hole's an undersized linebacker, okay? He's in the Zach Thomas mold in terms of not being an ideal prototype linebacker, but he's a gritty player like Zach Thomas was. And I'm not comparing him to Zach Thomas in terms of production and what he's going to become because no one knows if he's going to succeed at this or not and if the Dolphins will might even replace him before the first regular season game. But in terms of who you can compare him to right now, based on size, based on body type, based on – how he plays, that guy is Zach Thomas. Whether or not he turns into a Zach Thomas, we certainly hope so, but it certainly remains to be seen whether or not that's going to be true or not. So Raekwon was a huge loss, a freak special teams play. Ran into his own guy, Dion Lacey, a guy from the Canadian Football League that came over this past offseason. And then people were bashing Adam Gase for this, Sutton, and there's no reason to bash Adam Gase. Am I right, or are you on the let's bash Adam Gase cycle for this? No, you're right. And this was my first game on Twitter. And uh, I got a little deep into the Raekwon just trying to use my deductive reasoning because the team originally ruled him as questionable. So as a fan, when you hear that designation, you don't appreciate 
the possibility of devastating injury because Walt Aikens, by the same token, was ruled out. Um, so I, I, I don't think I, I was guilty of overreacting. So I, I kind of used that questionable designation as my proof that we didn't have anything to worry about, and my goodness, we did. And I even tweeted something out. I, I, I tweeted out the Darren Rizzi death glare um, and just said, <laughs> who was responsible for playing Raekwon McMillan on special teams? And I had people rightfully call me out on that. And yeah, as I too. had time to kind of and, – and, and as I had time to process things, I realized that I was incorrect. So I, I tried to apologize to my Twitter fam and, you know, lesson learned in terms of, watching a live game and trying to communicate things in real time and trying to make educated guesses and stuff. That's just probably not my wheelhouse anymore. So I just need to be a little, a little bit more patient, but um, Adam Gase said months ago, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a starter, non-starter, there's a chance you're going to play on special teams and knowing Raekwon, like I do just having the background of being a Buckeyes fan, he probably pleaded with Adam Gase to play special teams on that first game. So it's just another stroke of bad luck that um, I had the inability to process initially. Um, but it's something that we're going to have to overcome. And I think the silver lining here is with, with all the injury talk is that if Adam Gase can rally the troops, we know we have our dude. There's no second guessing that. Yeah. And Here's the thing that Adam Gase said in his press conference when he talked to the media after that. He said McMillan was going to play. He's a two-down linebacker in the system right now. He wasn't going to play all the time. He was going to contribute a lot on special teams. And you have to get a guy in there on special teams if they're going to play it starting the regular season. Because otherwise, it'd be a disaster. They won't know what they're doing. So for people to get on Adam Gase, for a rookie who has not proven himself for anything. And I saw a tweet that Dominican Sue played, I think, 93 snaps on special teams last year. I mean, they, unless you're an elite player that is very injury-prone and, and you can't afford to lose that player at all costs, you're likely playing special teams. And, and that's just the way the NFL goes. You have 53 guys. You have 11 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense, 11 guys on special teams. Remember the quarterback. Well, and, 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 Matthew, if you're going to line up for – if you're going to line up and try to block a field goal – do you want to put a third-string defensive tackle in there, or do you want to put Sue in there? So right. there's justifiable reasons to have quality players out on special teams. I think right. it's, it was just very poor timing as Dolphins fans with the Tannehill news, Ted Larson right. with his biceps. We have two key components for our offense already out, and then we lose a rookie second rounder who was going to start at middle linebacker. And I think that was kind of that devastating blow that just like, screw it. We hate all this. And I, I just think it was poor timing, wrong place, wrong time, you know? No, I completely get you. And timing is perception is reality in terms of everything in life. Right. And the perception was that Adam Gase was putting guys in harm's way that we really needed after Tannehill went down and whether or not you try to explain something after that, some rational people will understand, but a lot more unrational people won't understand. And that's just the instance here. It's too bad. And then today we get the news that Tony Lippett is out for the season with a torn Achilles, another blow 
not as big of a blow as Tannehill, not as big of a blow as McMillan, but Lippitt was competing. He was getting better. He was developing. He was probably going to be the third cornerback behind Xavier Howard. But we know the injury history to Howard. We know the injury history to Maxwell. We know you can never have enough cornerbacks like Adam Gase says. Luckily, the Dolphins signed Alteron Werner, and they also drafted uh, Cordell Tankersley. So they do still have some depth there. So this isn't a huge back-breaking blow, but it is another situation where a player's out for the season. At what point, Sutton, do we start questioning the strength and conditioning coach? I don't know. I mean, I think it's rational to at least consider that. Um, But when you look at Tannehill's injury, it was a non-contact injury. You look at McMillan's, it was a fluke player running into his knee at just the wrong angle. Um, Tony Lippett, Achilles, non-contact injury. I mean, Cam Wake has torn his Achilles before. No one questioned the team's strength and conditioning coach when that happened. And we know how well Cam Wake takes care of his body. So it's not always necessarily about um, preparation. It's more often than not a matter of luck to me. You know, and I'm just a fan, so I, I don't know that for sure. But the only question I have with all of that, the strength and conditioning and everything, is Tannehill's knee. And I just felt like there, there's some kind of gap in there, and I can't exactly pinpoint where. But how do you come out all off season saying how great he looks and how confident he is in the knee when there was not one stability test taken? Because then all of a sudden, no structural damage, but oh, it's a ticking time bomb, and it's it was bound to happen, and yada yada yada. That's what doesn't add up to me. So that if we're talking strength and conditioning, coach, that would be the only piece of the puzzle. Tannehill's knee where there might be a little validity to that question, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with you, Sutton, but we've got a lot of injuries, and it's easy to point fingers, right? Uh, a few yeah. non-contact injuries. McMillan's a freak injury. Tannehill wasn't properly done, and we don't know whether or not internally they wanted him to get surgery. It kind of sounds like they did, and it sounds like Tannehill drove the decision not to. But, um, yeah, man, I mean. Well, and if you reverse back to, if you reverse back to last year, I mean, the Dolphins were kind of known for taking flyers on injured players. So you would think that the strength and condition, you know, that, that component of it is the reason that we took those risks on some of those players. And yeah, some of them worked out and some of them didn't. That's the nature of the NFL. Um, but you would think that based on that kind of, um, repertoire we have that when we bring in those injured players that we have a very specific plan for them and I would hope that would apply to our current players as well yeah I mean we'll we'll see we'll see hopefully yeah I'm not gonna yeah I'm not gonna jinx anything so let's just hope and let's just pray okay let me knock on some real wood I'm gonna knock on some real wood there we go. No question that's about it. That's that real. Sounds pretty, that sounds pretty solid there. Okay, we've got a few <laughs> fantasy team games rolling in here. One from the live thread. I don't know. If, I don't even know if I could pronounce this. 
on the air, but this is from Alpha, the drill dose. Okay, the drill dose, not another thing. <laughs> All right, another one from Andrew Hernandez on Twitter, JJ's Juice. All right, so those are two that have come in so far. Remember, you can call into the show with your fantasy football team name, 347-326-9461. You win a $50 gift card to Wendy's if you are the winning team name. All right, so please give us a call. Please post it on Twitter. Please post it in the live thread, and we will pick a winner in about 30 – About well, the contest closes in 30 minutes. We'll pick a winner in about 40 minutes or so. You can buy lots of hamburgers and french fries with that $50. All right, we're still waiting for House to connect into the show. He's still having technical difficulties. So that's kind of the injury recap we've, we've been going on in terms of season-ending injuries. But, son, let's talk about Jay Ajayi real quick, a defender going too hard in practice knocking the bells off Jay Ajayi, and he's coming out of the concussion protocol. But you know concussions are a dangerous thing. You get one, it seems like they linger for a little bit. Are you concerned at all about Jay Ajayi? And then now Kenyon Drake, another overzealous defensive player, coming in hard at him, helmet-to-helmet hits. He's now in the concussion protocol. So do you think this lingers? And following up on that, Ryan Matthews was released today from the Eagles. Do you think the Dolphins should take a look at him? You know what? That's I, I didn't even ponder that till you asked me. Um, so in terms of Ryan Matthews, the the skill sets there, it's always been the availability aspect of it. So kind of going back to my earlier point about the Dolphins taking some risks on some injury prone players last year, um, I don't think he can rule it out. You really can't. Um, it is encouraging that Jay is uh, kind of weaving back into the flow of practice and, and getting back out there. So it seems like uh, a matter of hours and days before he's back full strength with us. Um, from the reports I saw with Kenyon Drake, though, his seemed to be pretty bad um, in terms of head hung low. It seemed like he was completely out of it when he was walking off the field. Um, so you certainly hope for a quick and healthy, speedy recovery. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, MC Money, the concussion thing. It's it can be a very de- devastating thing, and all it takes is one. So it's really it's really hard considering all the other injuries that have happened with the Dolphins to just kind of be like, oh, it's just a concussion. <laughs> we have to take that into consideration as well. And the way Jay runs and say fifth carry against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he goes helmet to helmet with somebody and he's out, you know, if you have those, if you have those concussions in such a short amount of time, then it definitely dials up the urgency and the, um, and the problem. So it's, it's going to be a fluid thing. We're going to have to see how he does in practice. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to see how, the, how that goes the rest of the preseason. But when the regular season turns around, I mean, we're going to have to take all the training wheels off and just hope that everything works out. So I'm hoping that they have a very specific plan for bringing Jay back into the offense and making sure that we can get through this damn season and some type of relative health. It's always 
always seems, you know, crazy when when you think when you look at other teams and you see these injuries and you say, "Thank God it doesn't happen to the Dolphins," right? And then you start encountering it before the season even begins. But here's what Adam Gates said to Sports Illustrated. He said in an article that was uh, posted today on Sports Illustrated, he said, you know, in, in paraphrased terms, these guys, when something weird happens, because something weird always happens, they just keep grinding, they keep working, they put their head down and they go. And Adam Gates said that's what he loves about this team. There might be a certain point where there is a breaking point for this team, where there's just too many injuries for them to overcome. When you look at Tannehill, you replace him with Cutler. Even swap, right? I would say it's pretty close to even. If you're dropping off with Jay Cutler, you're not dropping off by a whole ton. And I hate to say that, but it is the truth. He brings things to the table that Ryan Tannehill doesn't. Ryan Tannehill brings things to the table that Jay Cutler doesn't. But in terms of, you know, quality, you're not losing much, if anything at all. Ted Larson, I wasn't a fan of his signing. I'm not upset by, you know, losing him. Obviously, I care that he's injured. You never want to see anyone injured, especially someone on the team you love. But but Ted Larson, for me, wasn't an outstanding player. He was an eh player. Raycon McMillan hurts. But we all look at the potential of Raycon McMillan. None of us knew how he was going to play. And then you have Mike Hull, who, who made a few spot starts and played some time last year in the middle. And moving Kiko to the outside and bringing Timmons in, we don't know if it's going to be a huge drop-off. And the fact of the matter is, we're not going to know if Mike Cole or whoever they bring in, if Mike Cole doesn't get it done on Thursday and in practice, we won't know if it's some kind of drop-off until next season when we see McMillan on the field. If McMillan is an absolute beast, like someone like Luke Keekley, then we know it's a drop-off. If not, we won't know, but we won't know what we're missing this year. So, and I don't know how you feel about the injuries. What I mentioned in the intro was that Raekwon's going to be 21 years old when he starts next season. So, the guy's still young, um, still a lot of football ahead of him. So, again, it's, it hurts. It really does. Um, but he will bounce back. There's also the argument to be made that McMillan was probably going to be a two-down linebacker anyway, as will Mike Hall. If even if he's just a one-down linebacker. Um, so it begs the question of how many snaps we'll actually lose out of that position because it seems like Kiko and Lawrence Timmons were probably going to get uh, the lion's share of the snaps there. I think where it gets tricky is who's going to play in the nickel defense. And a lot is talked about nickel but teams spend a lot of time in the nickel package. And basically that just means there's five secondary members out there and there are two linebackers. So when you compare that with the 4-3 base where you have three linebackers, then it softens the blow just a little bit. Where my hesitation is is who is going to be those nickel linebackers. And I think that's going to be the million-dollar question going forward because we're going to be playing against the Patriots, and we're going to be in the nickel defense a lot because we're going to line up three wide a lot. And we're going to have to defend that dink and dunk offense. So who is going to be that player that comes in and helps remedy some of the problems we've had defending the middle of the field? 
when you say Timmins and Kiko manning the middle there, right? Do you trust Timmins at his age and declining speed to be a factor in that nickel defense that the Dolphins will come out more than 4-3? In my personal opinion, I think Neville Hewitt has the highest ceiling in pass coverage. Now, where Timmons makes the difference, though, is being a veteran and understanding formations. And he's not going to make up plays with his athleticism maybe as much as he was used to in his career, but he's going to be able to make up for that with being a veteran and being savvy and understanding football. Like there's one particular play that sticks out to me and it's, he's in the red zone. They're playing the giants. He's in basically a nickel linebacker role and he sits down for just a second, but then flattens out to where a Giants receiver is running a route, he picks off the pass and runs it back for about 50 yards. Now, I know that's a highlight kind of splash play, but it showed me on tape that he understands route concepts and he understands playing in space. He might be limited by his aging body, but I think his brain is still 100% ready to play pass defense. Um, and me personally, I hope that Neville Hewitt steps up and takes some of those nickel snaps because, like I said, he has the highest pass coverage ceiling, in my opinion. Um, so I think the more that he stands out, the more we stand to gain as a team. I, I like how you, how you mentioned Hewitt because I do think he's someone who hasn't been talked a lot a ton. But we will see how that shakes out moving forward. All right, some more fantasy team names rolling in. All right, got a bunch on Twitter. From Joshua, um, Tom Brady's Brown Tate. Tom Brady's Brown Tate from Joshua. Uh, House, by the way, is uh, having trouble still coming on. And doesn't look like he's going to be coming on tonight. Looks like his computer is just a bit messed up. So, uh, hung like Hernandez from at S Bakerless. Oh, oh God, that is God. terrible. I can't believe I just said that on air. I'm sorry if I offended anybody with that one, but that is just awful. I didn't realize what the context was until I just read it out loud. Wow. All right. Well, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was Corey definitely a nervous R- chuckle for me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. At Corey R33, Nomo Romo. I like that one. Corey with another one. Miko Grimes My Gears. Erod, no Sue for you. I think that's not original. Uh, Rob Walsh says Snowflakes Revenge. Taylor Clark says Ace Fincher, a pet detective. Tuncliffe spins up, says Jock Strap Sniffers. All right. Uh, oh, Alpha was another one. One hung low. One hung low from Alpha. One one hung low. All right. Uh, you guys are sick out there. What the hell is wrong? We have a bunch of per- we have a bunch of perverted followers right now. But I love we, we, it. this is this is insane. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see if there's any more coming in right now. Uh, no, nothing coming in. All right, so let's move on to our next one, and that is just recapping the game against the Atlanta Falcons. Then we'll wrap up with a preview against the Baltimore Ravens. And Sutton, I know you watched a bunch of tape. 
who are your standout players and who are your players that thought they would make a better impression but quite didn't? For me, my one player that I'll shoot out right now was Xavier Howard. I think he struggled mightily against the Falcons. And I know they have good receivers, but he looked a little lost out there. And I'm interested to see if your film work turned up the same thing on him and others as well. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest performance by him. And I'm going to kind of take the opposite approach and kind of recognize some of the players that I thought um, played pretty well on tape. Uh, the string fellow 99 yarder, that was pretty awesome. That had to have been a great moment for that young man. And um, sometimes all it takes is one play for like that to, to stick on a roster. So you never know. Um, so that was a very impressive play just in itself. I came away uh, with a more favorable opinion of Devon Godshaw as well. And, you know, a lot of talk about him versus Jordan Phillips, who's going to be the, the defensive tackle number two. And I think Godshaw's putting tape out there that says, like, hey, this is not some fake competition to try to motivate Jordan Phillips. Like, he's legit outplaying him, in my opinion. And so I was happy to see that on tape. Now, granted, there's certainly some stuff to work on. He's a fifth-round rookie, and coming into the draft, I felt like that draft status was justified for the tape that I saw. But I've been very pleasantly surprised that he's been able to um, take an opportunity and run with it. I mean, and the dude is very strong. So I think he's – He's going to have more of an impact than maybe people give him credit for at this point in time. Um, on the flip side of that, later on in the game, I saw Isaac Asiata come in, and I thought he had some good snaps uh, on tape as well. Uh, Terrence Fede, uh, probably most known for the reason Darren Rizzi gave the death glare in the first place when he roughed the punter against Cincinnati. But, uh, PFF came out and ranked him as the highest graded player for us uh, in that particular game. And you saw him straight up blow up some plays. Um, so I guess, and I kind of preface this in the, in the introduction that some of the silver lining to these injuries is to see who these depth players are that step up. That's going to make us better as a whole going forward. So it's going to be important to identify those young players that come in and seize that opportunity because that's they become part of the nucleus. So uh, I'm hoping that these young players see their opportunity, come in, and do absolutely everything they can to not relinquish that spot. Gotcha. So he is above Phillips on the depth chart. I well not. Two officially, but but officially, and, and if you know what I'm saying, do you think Sutton, based on your film work, that Gottschall is the better option, or is it just the means of Phillips is inconsistent and the Dolphins will end up giving him the job anyways, or is this real? Is this really happening? At this point in time, you know, it, it's kind of hard to tell and it's kind of hard to project these things on forward. But from my standpoint, I think this is real, and I've probably dug into Jordan Phillips a little bit more than maybe the average person and everything that Gase says is true. You see three, four light up plays and then disappears for a while. And I think from Gase's standpoint, he's looking at Godshaw like, Hey, this dude gives us consistency. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't have as high a ceiling as when Jordan Phillips makes a play, but 
his floor is much higher than what Phillips is. And I think as a defensive tackle number two, you're going to be kind of a role player, you know. You have the studs around you. So you need to come in there and just do your role and play your role and do it as well as you can. And I think Godshaw is strong enough to win those one-on-one matchups with a guard or a center. And and he had proven success in LSU uh, disrupting things in the interior. So I don't think there's any reason to second-guess this at this point. I mean, Adam Gase knows how to make a point, but for Godshaw to start in front of Phillips maybe eight, nine practices in a row, I think it's becoming less of a fluke and more of a trend. I am very intrigued by what's going to happen there. Jordan Phillips coming towards the end of his contract, his rookie contract, uh, in a, a year after this season or two. So we'll see what the Dolphins do there. But, you know, we heard all the right things from Jordan Phillips this offseason, and it never translated to the field. All right, let's switch mm-hmm. gears here because Thursday night the Dolphins are playing the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see more of Gottschall. We'll see if Xavier Howard can rebound. We'll see if Damari Shrinkfellow can capitalize on his performance last week. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens real quick on Thursday. But before we get to that, we do have a caller. I am assuming it's for a fantasy football team name. Nine seven three two eight seven. What is your fantasy football team name? Well, I'm not really good at fantasy football. I mean, I'm I'm new to this, and I'm a first time uh, caller here. Actually. Okay. But I do so what, make, what do you want to I, talk about? Well, first, um, first of all, I want to say that for um, as far as Miami is concerned, I think they're a dead duck. Care to elaborate? Well, I mean, you got you got Jay Cutler, and we know how bad he is going to be, and I can only imagine what he's going to do for the Dolphins this season. I mean, I think it's going to be a comic tragedy. I because you know, everybody was thinking that the Miami was going to you know make a move and maybe even get to 500 or better and make the playoffs. With Cutler now in the lineup, I don't see him winning more than two games. I really don't. Two games? Yeah, two and 14. Okay. What's your name? Uh, Lou. I could be wrong, Lou. but still. Yeah, no, I know that's that's a little harsh, but no, Lou, I do want to thank you for calling Pinsider Radio. We always appreciate our first-time callers. Uh, Lou, we have another guy on, on the line right now, so we're going to put you on hold. We're actually going to hang up the phone on you. We'll address your two and 14 remark in the show as we move on here. So, Lou, thank you for calling and we're going to welcome in 407622. What is your name? What are you calling about? Dolphin fan for life. Oh, there he is. Hey. Well, first off, 2 and 14 is utterly wrong because we tend to play our best games against strong competition. And if you notice, we have a trend of failing against worse teams that we're supposed to beat. So if we are scheduled a harsher schedule, well, more than likely that says we're probably going to do opposite of 2 and 14, <laughs> I think 12 and 4. Um, but my oh, question is, um, my question is, is basically how do you rate, uh, there's been a lot of discussion about Hickey and Tannenbaum and all this other stuff. Given the reputation that Tannenbaum had coming in 
to the Dolphins organization, how do you rate the team under the team progress under him? So, and you want to take that under one, buddy? Direction. Yeah, I'll kind of combine everything into one thought here. And uh, the two and fourteen, I get the doom and gloom. It's easy to feel that way. Um, Jay Cutler under less talented teams has never finished two and 14 for any team that he's ever led. Um, that's basically saying we are as good as the Browns have been over the last few years. And I think we can at least acknowledge that there's some more talent on this roster and that there's some, there's at least some fortitude that we developed from last year and the, the run that we made with the injuries that we faced last year. So I think that's an important caveat here too, that we have Adam Gase who has been in this position before. Um, so I don't think he's going to come into these meeting rooms all frantic and, oh gosh, uh, we had to sign Jay Cutler and we might only win two games this year. I don't think you're ever going to hear any of that um, kind of apathy there. Um, so I will respectfully disagree that we're going to win two games this year. Now to, to Christoph's point, you know, he kind of opened up, you know, we might even come out 12 and four and we, we play up to our competition. We play down to our competition. And I think that was kind of a theory that was disproved last year too, because we took care of business against the weaker teams. Yeah. It wasn't pretty that we beat the Browns. That was not pretty. We beat the LA Rams. That was not pretty, but we beat the teams that we were supposed to be and then kind of faltered against the teams that we um, should have maybe lost to. Uh, maybe not should have. That was probably <coughs> poorly worded, but you know, we, we came into every game swinging, but we took care of business when we were supposed to. And we took advantage of a week schedule last year and, and capitalize that into a playoff appearance. Um, so I think there's every reason to believe coming into this year that we are, um, we're still a going to give those good teams a, a run for their money. I can promise you that. Um, but I think when we do play our weaker opponents, I think Adam Gase knows how to step on a throat. And I think that was an important um, lesson for us to learn last year. So I, I'm not as involved in that theory as I was previously because I would agree with Kristoff historically we have been like that. And then with Tannenbaum and stuff like that, it, it's still kind of tough to um, shake everything out in terms of how the draft picks are going to continue to develop. But I think Tannenbaum's uh, saving grace here is having a coach that pretty much – Anybody he brings in, we can reasonably assume that Adam Gates is going to get every drop out of that person. And I don't know that we've had that confidence in the past with a coach. So we have to consider the fact that the coach is a very important, integral part of this whole process. All right, Christoph, thank you for calling Finsider Radio. And thank you for taking both of those questions. Uh, thank you to Lou and Christoph, I should say. All right, Sutton, we have some team names rolling in still. Uh, live thread, Intestinal Fortitude by Alpha. Let's see here. Tyler Farley, Sue Girls, One Cup. I think that is a team name already out there. <laughs> Dirty, uh, so Our Barber 23 says, At Dirty Landry. 
the Starbucks Tyrannical Teabaggers from D Bolt. Pineapple on pizza. Pizza, let me see your TDs. I know that it's definitely not an original one. Jay Butler says Tsunami Earthquakes with the play on the words of S-U-H and Wake at the end. Uh, Robert Doubles says it's pronounced Quata, you dummies. I guess that's making fun of me for saying Quata. <laughs> <laughs> Gildo Giuseppe says show me the money. Dominic Beluzzo says bend over, I'll show you. With a, uh, in parentheses, with the Chevy Chase picking a Jason mask. Ken Yon says Tana Cutler or Bust. All right, so some interesting ones there. Sutton, if you go on to my live, uh, not my live thread, my Twitter thread, they're the one I just posted a little while ago. You'll see all the team names. If you could start looking through that and get your top three or five and then text them to me, we'll start paring sure. down and getting ready for our uh, winner to announce. And another one just came in. Burgers, fries, and field goal tries. I like that, Hayden Flanders. That is a good <laughs> one. All right. So, yeah, Sutton, start looking through that. If you could look um, also to see if you th- you like one, just make sure it's an original one because we don't want anyone going out there and, you know, stealing other stuff. No. All right. Yeah, they're While not going to take advantage of us. Yeah. While Sutton is doing that, I'm just going to give you a little brief preview for Thursday night against the Baltimore Ravens. The Dolphins will be looking for a 2-0 start to preseason with Miami's 23-20 win over Atlanta in the preseason opener. The Dolphins will look to make it two in a row this Thursday night at 7 p.m. The Dolphins have not won their first two preseason games in the same season since 2011 when they finished that preseason 3-1. Since Don Shula retired in 1995, the Dolphins have won their first two preseason games just five times, 20 years, 22 years. That is insane. Wow. All right. So they will play each other week eight this season. So don't expect anything exotic. Expect vanilla. Expect very little because neither team is going to be giving away anything that might tip them off to when they play in week eight. They also will be playing the Falcons in the regular season. So we likely didn't see much last week either. When you look at who's going to be playing on Thursday night, Jay Cutler is starting. We expect the offensive line to start. Mike Pouncey might even play, although that still is up in the air right now. He's going to have his full complement of receivers. DVP is healthy. Snails is healthy. Jarvis Landry is healthy. Julius Thomas looks to be back healthy. Jay Ajayi may not play, but I don't think really the focus will be on Jay on thir- Jay Ajayi Thursday night. It's going to be on Jay Cutler and how he's working with his receivers and tight ends. So that's going to happen. We'll see Xavier Howard if he can bounce back. We will see some more from Tankersley. We'll see some more from Werner. We will see Mike Cole in the middle at the starters, assuming he doesn't get injured on special teams in the first play of the game. We will see him there, and we hope that he is able to step in because we want him to succeed. We want the Dolphins to go into next year saying, wow, we have a great middle linebacker, a good middle linebacker. Let's move McMillan to the outside. Because McMillan might be a more natural fit on the outside anyways. So we'll see that. We'll see if Stringfellow can continue his performance in week two. It was the first time last week he's ever set foot on an NFL field for a game. He caught two passes for 116 yards. Of course, that long 99-yarder for a touchdown. He's the first Dolphins player to have 100-plus receiving yards in a preseason game. 
since August 4th, 1997. Incredible. Remember, though, that was a long touchdown pass. And out of those 116 yards, 99 came from that play. Now, get this. The Dolphins have played 784 regular season games in their history. They have never had a 99-yard play. So that is, we will have to see, fellow, can be that Cinderella story for the Miami Dolphins. And, and, you know, it's just kind of seeing with everyone else how they're progressing, how they're fitting into the system. Adam Gase and coaches are weeding out the players who can't cut it, and they're taking notes on the players who can. And that will lead us into the third preseason game, which is a dress rehearsal for the regular season, uh, televised live on the NFL Network against the Eagles next week. And then, of course, the fourth preseason game, we're getting guys on film so when they get released, they can at least get a shot with another team. All right, Sutton seems like he is back. Okay, Sutton, while I go back through and look at the fantasy team names, I want you to talk about what you're looking forward to Thursday night against the Baltimore Ravens. Well, it looks like we're going to see our first Jay Cutler action. So you just want to come out and see that he has some rust off. And the preliminary reports from what we've seen, even day one, is that he came in throwing bullets. And then there were some, quote, unquote, Jay Cutler moments. And uh, as I've dug into his tape, I've noticed that um, he does make good decisions. I'm not going to lie. Like, he's. He's a sound quarterback. Uh, The problem with me, though, are the red zone interceptions, and I saw a little bit too many of those on tape. Um, So I think ball control is going to be a huge factor in how our uh, season plays out. But I just want to see Cutler come out, um, see who he's targeting, see if he has some rapport with any of these wide receivers that he's only had – some limited opportunities to work with. I want to see the offensive line start to come together. That's going to be a huge sticking point for the rest of our season. Uh, We talked about Ted Larson earlier, but I think we were, even if Ted Larson were healthy, I think Dolphins fans were still a little apprehensive about how this offensive line is going to play out. There is some good news that Mike Pouncey is starting to work his way back into the lineup a little bit more. I know we all have our reservations about how many games that he can play this year, but it's certainly encouraging to have the interior anchor of our offensive line uh, be ready for duty. Um, So it's going to be nice. I I, I don't know if at all they'll they'll play him in the Baltimore game, but it is encouraging from some of the reports I've seen in training camp that he's starting to to, uh, work back into the swing of things and get into more contact type drills on the flip side. I want to see, and we've talked about it already tonight, but I still want to see how Godshaw takes this opportunity and runs with it. And I'm hoping that in this Baltimore game, we can kind of just go ahead and put this all to rest and have Godshaw come in the first team and make some plays and, we'll just know that Sue and Godchar are the starting defensive tackles for the Miami Dolphins. 
You also want to see in the secondary, uh, you want to see how Tankersley is coming along because uh, because of the lip injury, and they're pretty much clones of each other in terms of size. I mean, they're all around, you know, 6'1", 6'3", around 200 pounds. Certainly have a kind of fetish for a certain cornerback in terms of drafting them. But with Lippitt out, and I was pretty high on Lippitt, probably higher than most people, um, but you're going to have to see Tankersley come in, take some quality snaps there in that second uh, preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens and and see what the learning curve is like. You know, does he seem like a deer in headlights? Does it seem like he's adjusting fairly well? You know, as you get farther out to the boundaries, it becomes a, a steeper learning curve in the NFL. In other words, the farther away you get from the snap of the football, the harder it is to adjust to that position. So wide receivers and cornerbacks typically take a couple of years to develop. Obviously, there are exceptions there. Um, so you want to see if Howard and Maxwell, if they get injured during the course of the year, is Tankersley going to be able to come in and know what he's doing? So I, I, that's one particular player that I'm going to look for uh, in this second game is Cordrea Tankersley. All right, we will see them against the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday evening at 7 p.m. We know the Ravens are a third in the Dolphins' side, and will they continue to be one this year? Preseason, yes. Uh, whether or not it carries over into the regular season, time will tell to week eight. All right, the con is over. So let's go through the names a minute in the last five minutes before we ended it there. Okay, let's see here. <clears throat> Piercy Matt from Johnny Bauman, 27. All right, let's see. I love Wendy's Quata Pounders with Cheese from Rob Dub. Terry says off vigorous, off vigorously. Robert Sales got a haircut. JT Finn says J. Finn Cutler. Uh, he actually spelled it out, though. Let's see. D-Bolt says the Red Burns, the Spooky Dookies. Uh, someone else said earlier, I missed it before, but Ditka's out for Harambe. And that's like Ditka, <laughs> not the other stuff. Ditka's out for Harambe. <laughs> Let's jump that's into the live too. thread here and, and see what else we got for team names there. Oh, geez. We got the drill those already. Uh, one hung low, none hung low. Palm Beach Post Mortimer's, um, Christoph, intestinal fortitude from Alpha. Another one from Alpha Vanilla in New I like that one. That kind of rhymes a little bit. Yeah, that, well, that, that kind of rhymes. It does. I like it that. does rhyme. And Steve, I see here. We kind of addressed that. Um, but which of the three following options is the most plausible? Either the Dolphins find a functional replacement for McMillan. Be without Lippitt. Gotcha wins the starting job next to Sue. I think Gotcha is the most plausible, plausible, followed by the secondary not missing a beat without Lippitt. All right. Sutton, I need to meet some names, but I don't know if you checked your text. Um, that name was not original, those last that you sent me. No Sue for you, and Ditka's out for Harambe. Funny as they are, they are listed on many fantasy uh. football sites. So my 
Yeah, I know. I know. My top two, in no particular order, is burgers, fries, and field goal tries, and Tana Cutler or bust. I know you sent me three. I'm taking out two. Your first yes. one, uh, yes. in no so particular I'm gonna be order. Partial, <laughs> I'm going to be partial towards uh, Rob Devils. And I like uh, I like his play on of words and like when we first started started with this podcast, um, I used to torment you relentlessly for you how you pronounce quarterback. So for him <laughs> to go all the way back to that and bring that into the fold, that's just genius on my opinion. So I'm gonna err on the side of it's pronounced quarter, you dummies. Okay. So we kind of have a disagreement here on our top ones. So I do like I do like Roberts though because everyone makes fun of me for quarterback and I don't think I say it wrong. I think I say it right and everyone else says it wrong. <laughs> so I, I know the quarter the quarter joke is limited to Finsider Radio, but I think enough people on Twitter know about it because everyone makes fun of me for it. Would you be opposed Sutton to starting a Twitter poll? And then we could ask the fans no, on Twitter to vote. No, I think that's a great idea. I think that's a, the best way to solve it. All right. So I'm going to put up these three. Burgers, fries, and field goal tries. It's pronounced quota. And Tana Cutler or bust. You want me to put one more up there? I can put one more if you want me to, or we can just go with top three. Um, let's let's go with top three. I mean, my fourth option would have been the, what was it like, I love the quarter pounder from Wendy's or something like that. It was, uh, that's the, that's the other one I would have thrown in there. So we might as well just go to the top three. Okay. We will go with the top three honorable mention. Let me, uh, not let me see your touchdowns. That's not original, but Miko grinds my gears. That is an honorable mention for that one. All right. So we're going to put this poll up on Twitter in just a few minutes. We're going to let it run for 24 hours. The winner will receive the $50 gift card to Wendy's as part of the Frosty Fins promotion. And, and what the Frosty Fins promote? Eh, I am stuttering all over the place here. So what the Frosty Fins promotion is this. If the Dolphins score a touchdown, um, and, they, and they've done this with Papa John's in the past, but when the Dolphins, every time the Dolphins score a touchdown in a game, well, not every time, but every game the Dolphins score a touchdown, you get a free Frosty from Wendy's on the day of the game or the day after. It's limited to one touchdown per game, so the Dolphins score eight touchdowns like they're going to do in week one. You don't get eight Frosties, you get one Frosty, okay? Uh, if they don't score a touchdown in the game, you don't get a Frosty. It's as simple as that. And, and that's just the way it's going to be for the Frosty Finch promotion. Now, it's not all over the world. It's limited to South Florida in certain areas, and there's a lot of different areas. And it's one free small Frosty per customer while supplies last. It's only available at the participating Wendy's locations in Broward, Dade, Indian River, Martin, Miami-Dade, Monroe, Okeechobee, Palm Beach, and St. Lucie counties until January 1st, 2018. Now, Wendy's was very kind to send us a promotional gift card to give away on our show, and we are going to do exactly that. It's a new partnership with Wendy's and the Miami Dolphins, and Wendy's is now the official hamburger 
of the Miami Dolphins as well. Note that even if the Dolphins are playing away and they score a touchdown, you are still eligible to get a free Frosty again in the following counties. Broward, Dade, Indian River, Martin, Miami-Dade, Monroe, Okeechobee, Palm Beach, and St. Lucie counties. It might be St. Luch, St. Lucie. I don't live down there, L-U-C-I-E, whoever it is, until January 1st, 2018. So lots of Frosties for the Miami Dolphins, hopefully this season. Let's hope we get at least 16 Frosties out of the deal from Wendy's. All right, so that Twitter poll is going to go up in just a few minutes. Uh, we appreciate if you retweet it to anyone else out there. Um, J.B. Meacham, Treacherous Hoops. That is a good one. Um, I don't know if that would have made a top three. That would have definitely made an honorable mention. He just came in with that late, but we are going to put a uh, a poll up. But yeah, I mean that's a good one, but it doesn't totally apply to football. Um, but no, it's good. It's good. You should use that for your team name. All right. So we talked a lot tonight, Sian, and, and thank you again for opening the show as we experience technical difficulties. You are an amazing co-host, and I love you, and, and I don't ever want to lose you. And, and this is where I oh, put my heart out to the show. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm glad I was I'm able to retain the five or six people that listened to our show before show. you came back on the air and rescued <laughs> me. So, um, yeah, it was interesting it was just interesting, kind of flying by the seat of your pants for an introduction. Had I had more time, I probably would have made fun of you a little bit more. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You did a great job, even though I didn't hear it. But I'm just assuming you did a good job until I listen to the audio later tonight or tomorrow and then be like, oh, my God, what happened? That's why we Yeah, you might feel differently. But I, I do want to say before we wrap up, um, we know football's back because we more than doubled our listeners from the previous week when football was not quite back. And we went from 10 listeners to 20 in the span of one week with one preseason game under the belt. So, so really good stuff oh, there. Um, complete whirlwind. Yeah. Complete whirlwind. <laughs> I'm just kidding about the 10 listeners, by the way, we had over 3000 <laughs> listeners last week. And when you think about it, over 3000 of you want to actually hear what we talk about. That is tremendous. My wife doesn't even want to hear what I talk about. She just tells me to be quiet. So for 3000 of you that love us and to cherish us and to, you know, Want to be like us when you grow up? We greatly appreciate it. All right, boys and girls. And, and that, and that was Matthew's way of saying thank you to everyone for listening to us. <laughs> and we love you all. And we're, and we're nothing without and you. we're nothing without you. That's right. All right. Uh, son, any last words before you come off the air? No, I just look forward to having uh, Houts back as soon as possible. As Unfortunately, we had the technical glitches there tonight. there tonight. And we really and just need to get, really through the rest of this preseason injury-free. Injury-free. Yeah. Don't say any more. All right. For Sutton, the creepy soccer dad, I am MC Money. Thank you for joining us tonight on Finsider Radio. We hope you have a great week. Enjoy the game on Thursday against the Ravens, and we'll talk to you next time.
Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. <laughs> We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find us anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.